Ready to stop trading time for money and build a business that can scale? Then you're in good company. This is the Productize Podcast, where I chat with entrepreneurs who've transformed their businesses using the Productize service model. I'm your host, Brian Castle. Want to learn my best strategies for productizing your business? Then get my free crash course by going to productizecourse.com. Now let's get into the show. Hey folks, on today's episode, uh, I caught up with Joanna Weave to talk about a lesser known product that she offered through the years over at Copy Hackers, and that's a personalized review and copy critique. Now this conversation uh, was from late 2014, and it's interesting to kind of go back and hear how Joanna used this productized service offering um, to to help sustain and grow her business and grow Copy Hackers um, in, in, a, in many different ways. Uh, but this is you know, one of those kind of lesser known products that was actually quite successful for her. And we're gonna kind of hear and, and, and dive into that story in today's case study. So a few interesting highlights include how Joanna was able to turn on and turn off the service as she grew her business, the mechanics of delivering a recorded review as a service. I, I thought that was a really interesting and, and really a, a streamlined way of doing things. Um, and then the value of a one-time purchase instead of recurring revenue. Now this is interesting because so many people get get hung up on, oh, it has to be recurring revenue, it has to be recurring revenue. But here's an example of just a one-time purchase, productized service that um, worked out really well for, for Joanna. Um, also much more in this interview, so, uh, so stay tuned for that. Now today's quick tip when it comes to productized services is to standardize. And this is a core concept when it comes to um, the productized service model. And what I, what I mean by standardize is to craft your service in such a way that you're delivering it using one methodology, one set of tools, uh, one process, you know, keeping things as standard as possible is what will enable you to um, not only streamline the service, but actually delegate many of those tasks, if not all of those tasks. Because if you're doing the service, um, you know, 10 different ways for 10 different clients using 10 different tool sets and, and methods, uh, which is often the case in a, in a traditional consulting or an agency model, um, then it just gets really, really difficult to to move a lot of that work off of your own plate as the founder and and start to train a team. Once you standardize uh, uh, your your way of doing things, even though there may be ten other ways of doing things, and and in some cases those those methods might even be better, but you do things in a certain way for a certain reason, and that is to make your service as efficient and um, as effective as possible for your clients. And the key there is to standardize what you do. So that's the quick tip. Now let's get into the interview with Joanna Weeb. All right, I'm here with another case study interview. Today I'm talking to Joanna Weeb from uh, Copy Hackers. Joanna, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Very cool. So, um, you know, thanks so much for joining me. I've been a really big fan of, of all your work for a while. It started with your eBooks a couple of years ago. Those have been a huge help for me. I know so many yeah. others as well. So. Um, that's awesome. I love hearing that. That's so great. Yay. Yeah. So, um, so you know, today, I mean, you know, looking at, at your site, Copy Hackers, you guys are um, offering quite a few different things. You know, aside from the blog, of course, you've got ebooks, courses. Um, you're coming out with this new thing called Disco. I, I want to hear a little bit about that as well. Okay. Um, cool. But what really kind of caught my eye is this little link at the very bottom of your site <laughs> um, where it says uh, website reviews. Mm. So if you hit that, that is basically your product has service. So yes. So I'd really like to hear, you know, 
all about that. And uh, well, I mean, before we really get into that, for those who aren't familiar with you, why don't you, you know, kind of introduce who you oh. are, what, what you guys do? Sure. Okay. Uh, so I'm Joanna. I'm the co-creator of Copy Hackers, where we help startups in particular learn how to um, convert like mofos, is how we put it. Um, so, so we're all about helping people learn to write copy for their own businesses, usually, so that they, they can grow those businesses and eventually um, outsource that work, ideally. <laughs> um, well, that's what we do. So we just we help coach people to the point where they can confidently write their emails and web copy and everything that goes with that, um, and hopefully then grow their businesses using those words. Awesome. And so, you know, maybe you can kind of take us back a couple of years. I mean, how did you really get started in in, in your own business? Was it initially just kind of copyright and consulting work, and then you kind of grew out the site Copy Hackers, or how did that go? Yeah, it actually started. I um, I accidentally quit my job at Intuit. It was it was time. It was time to quit it, but um, I did <laughs> without really realizing I'd done it. But that was anyway. Long story there. Um, but as for the year leading up to that point at which I quit, um, I'd been working with some people with whom I'd connected on Hacker News. So there's this cool guy, Sharif Bashay, who'd founded something called Better Means. Um, and he was looking for copy help on Hacker News. He said, I think it was a show HN. And he said, you know, take a look at my new site. Tell me what you guys think. And so I looked at it and I had some notes for him. So I put them together in like a PowerPoint and I sent them back to him. And he was like really happy with that. And he posted this big thing on Hacker News about like how great the community is and use that as an example. So I had all these people, these tech startups writing and saying, can you do that for me too? And I was like, okay, um, yeah, if I can turn it into case studies, I can do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then those I couldn't help, because um, it got just flooded with requests, right? Um, so those I couldn't, they said, well, you should really write an ebook. And I was like, oh, okay, I hadn't really thought of that before. So. Um, so over the course of the year, I worked on some case studies with those with some of the people I was able to help out, um, and then also wrote uh, what turned into four ebooks, which I launched um, on Hacker News about two months after leaving Intuit, my previous job. Oh wow! Um, so I mean, like, yeah. from the very beginning, you were coming out with these ebook products, and of course, working with you know consulting clients, but. Um, it, it also sounds like from the very beginning that you were really involved in, the, in like the startup scene and like Hacker News and, and tech startups and um, not just kind of doing copywriting work for just anyone. No, exactly. We, you know, coming from Intuit, this cool tech company that was like um, acquiring a lot of really uh, tech companies that we liked, like startups like um, Mint, they had just acquired around this time, like around the time I started spending more time on Hacker News, I guess. And Lance, who's my partner in life and at Copy Hackers, has been on Hacker News since like forever. So, um, so yeah, we'd been kind of involved loosely in this community and really loved startups and had built a few little hobby sites and services and things like that. So we felt, you know, part of this community. And um, yeah, that's where that's where it all kind of grew out of. It started with our target audience actually um, becoming part of that audience, you know, yeah. uh, which is kind of different. Very cool. Yeah. So, so tell me about the No Fluff website review. Oh. What is that and what's involved and how does it work? 
So it's kind of built out of that idea that startups would like to get help with their copy because a lot of people aren't that either they're not excited about writing their own copy or they really don't have the time. Even if they have the time to read some ebooks that teach them, they don't have the time to um, make that part of their working life because a small business owner is wearing so many hats, right? You're doing everything. So you want to hire a copywriter, but you can't afford to actually bring one on and a lot of the fees that, you know, um, experienced copywriters charge um, they're just they're just too far out of what a startup can usually afford. So with that in mind, we're like, well, we can't help everybody and we can't lower our fees because I just don't believe in that, right? And like you have a certain value and people should pay for that value. So what could we adjust to make um, make it so we could help more people for less money and give them what they want um, and what they need without having to compromise anything on either side? So, um, so we'd been ha we'd had a few people ask us if we could just take a look at their page. Right, you get a lot of emails. Can you just take a look and give me your thoughts? Um, so when those got to be too much, too, we thought, well, let's you know, let's put this out there. We'll charge nine hundred bucks to um, do an hour long video review of like three pages on their site, and we'll put a little recommendations report together for them and some recommended copy for key parts like. Um, like your homepage headline or you know if you've got a plans and pricing page kind of put together a rough wireframe of how we would recommend you do that and then you just take that and go with it and then we'll have like a chat at the end in case you have any questions so we put that out there and uh, people responded really well to it mm -hmm. thankfully and we're like um, whenever we open it up again we get quite a few <laughs> we sell it quite quickly and have to close it down again yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where it was born from the same thing that the copy hackers business is born from. People need this help that a service provider can give, but they can't afford the full meal deal. Yeah, totally. I mean, a, a few yeah. things are, are kind of popping out to me here. I mean, number one, you're like you said, you guys are really part of this community. You know, actively in you know talking on, on like Hacker News and going to conferences and just talking to yeah. people. So that kind of invites questions, people asking you to review, and then of course. It's kind of like a no-brainer at that point. This, there's a need for this service. People are asking for it. Um, and then the other interesting thing, and this is this applies to all productized services, is you guys are strictly defining the scope. You know, mm -hmm. putting the price tag on it. Here's what's involved. We will review. Or actually, let me. So it says here, 60-minute video review. You get a transcript of the video review. You get actual copy options, headlines. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it says there's a 30 minute chat with you. So yeah. So it's like clearly defined in, in this scope. Did, did you ever get clients who saw this as kind of like just getting started with a consulting um, engagement and maybe like negotiate some of the terms or ask for more, or ask for more rounds of feedback or anything like that? Um, I, they, it actually has become a thing where um, a lot of the people that we do these website reviews for are kind of um, using it as a way to test us, kind of, or to see, like, should we look for a full engagement? Should we do something there? Um, not test us, that sounds bad, but, you know, look to see is there something more that we can um, do together? Um, are we the right people to hire? So. Um, yeah, we've had a few people actually think that the service itself is the starting point for an engagement, and then they're surprised when we're like, 
oh no, we like don't have time for like a full engagement, right? right. Um, so that's been, but that doesn't happen often enough to frustrate anybody and we do have um, enough, like a big pool of freelance copywriters that we outsource work to. Um, so, so for those people who do turn it into a larger engagement, um, we do have a solution for them too. Gotcha. So, I mean, how, like, can you tell me a little bit about like the nuts and bolts of how this service actually works? Like, what are the kind of things that you guys have done to streamline, you know, you, like when, when a person requests the service or, or hits the buy now button, what happens after that? Like, how do you guys process it? Sure. Um, so they get an email that's triggered um, where it has, you know, it's a welcome. Hey, thanks for signing up, all that. Um, and it's got a link to a form that they then complete because we need to know some things about their site before we start doing anything or making any comments on it. Maybe it's doing extremely well. Um, we don't know what we're working with um, and about their audience, about their products um, and their competitors too. So, And all of that is in a form. So you don't have to go yeah. on like a consultation about that or anything. It's all just handed to you. No, we really try to keep the calls to um, just the one, the one call that happens at the end. It's 30 minutes. That's it. Um, part of the thing about, you know, taking on clients is you're like always available by phone, which I'm like a writer who works from home. I like to hide behind my computer as much as possible. Um, so I'd rather not talk on the phone a lot of the time. And I find that calls are often a little unproductive. Like nobody really knows what we're trying to get out of a call. So we've kept it down to just that one, like you said, like really limiting that scope. Um, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. And then, yeah. I mean, so, so you schedule them out. Um, how, how do you guys kind of balance it with all the other things that you're doing? I mean, you're writing articles, you're working on other products and things like do you um, how do you kind of fit them in like throughout the years it's the kind of thing you just like turn on if you have a little bit of availability and yeah exactly yeah and I'm sure there are better ways like we sell it like a product on our site right? obviously the idea of a productized service is you've got like a skew for it on your site mm -hmm. um, so that's what we have for it so we can turn it on and off by just saying in stock or out of stock. Um, we can make it more prominent of course by putting it in the nav, the global nav or down in the footer which as you know it's currently out of stock and down in the footer so we don't want anybody really looking at it right now. But it would be smarter um, if in the meantime you know while it's out of stock we were taking um, email addresses in. We've thought about this before but the theme that we use which we love um, but the theme that we use doesn't have anything built in right now where if a product is out of stock you can collect email addresses to notify people when it's back in stock. Um, so that would be something to improve on. <laughs> We'd like to do that more um, but that's really it. We just control it like a switch right? Are we ready to and it's a pretty good thing too if you you know experience that um, feast or famine thing that a lot of consultants do yeah. um, when you're like let's say it's Christmas time or let's say you're doing what we're doing right now renovating a house right and you want to bring in some extra cash for let's say a better range or something um, you can just turn it on put it up higher in your um, navigation and and we've found at least um, get some bites pretty quickly and make that cash and of course help businesses right that's the obvious thing you're doing but but it is the product so yeah. you can move units of it in ways that you can't normally move you know regular consulting services yeah absolutely and you're packaging yeah. in a, a ton of value you're getting a yeah. professional copywriter to look over your site and you know give you the consultation I mean that, that's great um, and so you know I, I think the reason why it's 
it's so easy for you guys to sell these things out as, as soon as you turn them on is because you've built such a such a strong relationship with your audience and, and a sizable audience at this point, right? So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you, you write a lot about um, really understanding your target customer, um, yeah. understanding their pain points, what their goals are, you know, um, and using that not only in their marketing copy, but also in the way that you position your products and decide what types of product products to build. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm I'm wondering, like, for you guys, for copy hackers, how how do you go about understanding who your customers are? Yeah, I mean, we do that by we do thankfully have. Um, it feels to me like we have strong relationships with a nice portion of our readership. Strong relationships, right? For online, they're all weak ties, but some are stronger than others. Um, and so we've got that. You know, we do the things that we recommend to our clients, right? We survey people. Um, on on uh, the website review page before we had when it was when we were accepting people um, we had a pop up like right to learn about them so who's coming to this page and what are they looking for um, those kinds of little things and then it's just like looking at your analytics okay well we had like for um, for a while there some of our best ranking blog posts were about how to write an app store description and how to write subject lines so we were like. Okay, people want to learn how to do these things. Um, might they want to hire us to do them like this, right? Do a productized service for that. So we put together a couple other productized services, one for um, your long-form sales page review, one for writing an app store description for you, and one for subject lines. Oh, wow. The subject I, I, line. You guys are offering like so many different products on your site now. Well, Can't we pulled them. <laughs> yeah, I know, because we pulled them down, actually. Um, the app store description one was good it people responded really well to it and they really uh, seemed to like want it and appreciate what they got out of it um, but it just it wasn't work that I really enjoyed doing that much so I was like forget it right I can yeah. sell a it's website important. review for twice the price right yeah and if you're not happy with it this is why you work for yourself right you like stop doing things you don't want to do so I pulled that down um, the long-form sales page we had up for a long time but we didn't have that many takers, so I was like, forget it, it might be like muddying the message, right? Like, I don't know, right? What are people thinking? Maybe, I don't know. So it wasn't selling well, so we're like, well, why keep it up there? So we took that down. And we had a few people do the subject line um, service as well, but we had this one guy who said, um, who wanted us to do them all over again. Um, and I think there was a perception of, I paid you this amount of money and you sent me back, you know, 70 words. So where's the rest of it? I'm like, well, but this is, it's a subject line, right? Like I sent you, I think we had 10 options that we send you, right? And you can choose from them. We give you recommendations and tell you why we think that subject line should be one that you test. You can do whatever you want with it, but that's, that's what, that's what you're paying us for, right? And that's what we would do if you were a client. So that's what we'll do for you now. But, you know, I think getting a small document, even if it's a subject line with um, a rationale alongside it, it doesn't feel as valuable, right? And you start thinking, okay, I spent 500 bucks on this and I'm a small business owner. Um, and so I was like, we'll, we'll take that away too. Yeah. So that's gone now. And we've really narrowed it down to this, to the website review um, and yeah. made that as lean as possible too. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, you know, it's interesting because like that, that headline service, for example, it's almost like um, that's kind of like the limit in terms of like how small a service can be in, to productize, right? Like yeah. even as, as 
high of an impact as a single headline can actually have on a, on a page or a product or whatever. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you're, you're just sending the, the client, like I said, like, like 70 words and it doesn't look like a whole lot. Um, no, and exactly. I guess that it is a little bit challenging to productize something that small. Although at the same time, it's, you know, you, I'm sure you do spend a lot of time in, in researching the right angles to write these headlines around and, and whatnot. But well, um, yeah, and they're paying for 10 years of experience too, right? Sure. You can go on Elance or you could go do it yourself, right? Go try it. I have you read the blog post on how to write subject lines. Go do it. I'm not forcing you right. <laughs> to pay me, but if you do, then that's what you've done. I'm going to provide you the best that I can provide you. And if there's this feeling that you haven't got value out of it because you're looking at quantity and you're thinking like, well, how much time did she really spend on this? Well, you didn't, right, you didn't pay an hourly fee, you paid for a product and I gave that to you. But the learning from that for us was definitely, um, if there's not a perception of quantity, uh, it feels like um, maybe they didn't spend their money right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, the other thing that I noticed across all of your products is that they're all connected. I mean, with your core audience, right? Like you have your eBooks, and you even have an eBook on headline writing, and then you yes. you used to offer the headline service, right? And yes. the website copy review. You know, you have eBooks on on that, and then you have courses, and um, of course, that's everything that you write in your blog as well. So, like, you know, I I talk a lot about like this this ladder of mm. you know starting with a lower priced eBook upgrading to a, a productized service, something like that, and then, yeah. you know, something else. Um, is that, are, are you guys continuously conscious of that? And like, are you looking for ways to make connections and, um, I don't know, like increasing lifetime customer value or, you know, anything in that regard? I wish we were smart enough to say, oh yes, we have strategy meetings around a big table. Um, no, we're like, um, it's really when you're, for us, I mean, we're still very small. So we respond to things the same way a lot of people do. If you get the same email coming in your inbox saying, can you help me? Can you help me with this? Um, you could keep responding to that email with a quick like, oh, here's what you can do, um, where you've given them something free that they're not going to value. Or you can do something about it, right? And turn it into something. So uh, we've been cool with just yeah, learning from what people are saying and telling us and kind of reacting to that, like the Lean Startup methodology, right? You hear something from people, you build a loose product around it, you put it back out there and say, market, what do you think? And some of them will stick and other ones won't. And we're okay with some of them not sticking and just getting rid of them and other ones um, working and they stay. Now, if it's like this ladder idea that you have, I think it's very smart. <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. But, you know, it has happened naturally that you move from the ebook. So it's kind of like validation, or at least from our perspective, of the idea of this ladder. Because naturally, organically, it's just happened, right? You just, we had the ebooks, and then we have courses, and then we have a big service, a productized service. Um, and then from there, you can um, turn that into a larger consulting situation yeah, totally. I mean, <laughs> when yeah, there's like, that yeah yeah like i mean i have to you know credit uh philip morgan for that that term that you know he, he kind of pointed that out with productized uh, services where yeah. and i'm seeing this as, as a trend in a lot of these case studies where um you know you offer like the one-time website review or an audit or some kind of like um here are 10 changes that you can make right now that's 
product number one, and then mm -hmm. we can make those changes for you, or we can make them on an ongoing basis, continue to optimize. That's like the monthly recurring yeah. productized service, you know? So yeah. it, it's becoming like a, you know, um, a pattern. It, it, yeah, cool. we haven't we haven't got to the monthly recurring one yet. Um, we've seen a lot of people do it. I, I don't know how successful they are at it. Hopefully, you'll learn more about that with these <laughs> interviews. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to learn that because um, for us, it seems like, and I don't know if other copywriters are listening to this or people who are like in content or anything. Um, it feels like I don't. I just don't know how to turn that into something that people are regularly willing to pay for, um, like to keep you, it's interesting, it's an interesting yeah. situation. If you can figure it out and get people to actually highly desire what you're selling month after month and still make a good profit on it, so not spend your whole life just, it's not just like a retainer, it's like a proper productized service that's recurring, yeah. that would be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you got guys like, like Philip Morgan who does basically monthly content creation um, you know, like writing articles and, and that kind of thing. And then like uh, Nick DeSabato, who does like monthly A-B tests, you know, who run an A-B right. test and That's, then uh, yeah. optimize it, implement it, implement the changes and, and whatnot. Um, yeah. But, you know, what I want to ask you is about, you know, more about this customer research idea. Mm. And, um, you know, you guys have been doing it for a while. You've been teaching a lot about that. So what are some of, some kind of key tips that anyone starting out in, in really any sort of product um, or business, like how can you get to know your your customers and your audience better? I know you write a lot about doing surveys. Like, what are some questions, some key questions that you like to ask, and any kind of tips like that? Um, so, there are questions I don't ask, right? More around like uh, demographics and things like that. Um, who really cares, right? If you're a man or a woman, or if you're 24 or 84, um, it's it's your problem, right? It's your need, and can we solve that? So we're when we're asking questions, we're really trying to identify um, obviously what a pain might be. So that's like unique usually to uh, if it's a survey that you're asking on a landing page, like a pop-up survey, like Disco or Qualaroo, um, then you target it toward like the page they've landed on right to, to understand so right so you're doing your research okay you want to build a productized service so you see in your analytics that you have these three pages that are most visited um, what might that mean about your audience and then what can you learn about them by going and putting these pop-up surveys or whatever I mean it's pretty easy to put a little Qualaroo or Disco on there just ask them a question but it has to be a question that you can actually use right uh, I think we do tend to lean toward um, asking these demographic type things instead of really getting into what they're thinking about and how you can solve that pain for them in a way that they're willing to pay for it. Um, so the question, we don't have like a magic set of questions. It's really like custom to that moment. Um, and then, you know, trying to let them feed it to us and then learn from that and then go back and ask another question. You'll be asking a different audience more like likely than asking the same person unless you can do um, what like multiple questions in a row on your pop-up survey based on what their previous answer was um, but that's really that's really what we're doing there's really not a lot of magic the magic is in the work that you do right yeah. it's actually doing it so everybody's like oh well what's the magic trick guess what install code on your site put the pop-up survey on there and start asking questions and then see what stuff doesn't where you're like oh it's true. Why do we care if this person is 25 or 95? Don't ask that question anymore. That's not going to help us build a product. Right. Um, but ask other questions, really, and get down to it, right? 
Yeah, I wish yeah. I had a great set of questions, but they, they vary. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I'm glad to hear you say that, you know, about the demographic thing, because you read so many articles about how you have to develop this avatar and then even put a photo next to it and understand that they're between 25 and 35 female and, you know, this and that. And they, you know, but what really matters is what are they working on? What do they need to get done? What, what, what is their goal? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is and, the biggest challenge? What, what's super frustrating to them right now? You know? Yeah, totally. Right. What, you know, when it comes down to it, are they motivated by money? Are they motiva- motivated to save time? And of course, figuring out things about who they are can help you get there. Right. So if you learn that a lot of your audience is filled with sea levels, okay, we can imagine a few things about that then, right? They're, they're probably, they care less about money and more about time. They have a lot of money, not much time. So our messaging and the products that we build might be meant, um, might be better targeted at saving them time or making them time rather than the money side of it, right? So those kinds of questions are kind of related to, you know, a demographic sort of thing. If you're talking about like job title or their role. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's not much you can really do with that. I mean, that, that old avatar thing really goes back to the body shop, right? I think they were the first case study, um, first really well-known case study for having this picture of your ideal person, your ideal customer right. on the wall next to every desk. And they had a name for her and her age. And I think it worked really well for them. But is it also limiting? Because others have come along and taken market share away from body shop. Um, so... Should you be that dedicated to an avatar or more dedicated to constantly responding to changing needs and um, problems people have? Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Worth finding out. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, before we go, you know, I, I do want to kind of hear a little bit about Disco. Um, so I, I've seen you uh, writing about it. I mean, is it actually available now or it's, it's coming around the corner or what, what's... Tell us about we, it. <laughs> yeah, we have that problem um, where we have surrounded ourselves very thankfully uh, we feel very blessed by it right to be so surrounded by people who are so smart um, and so we're learning a lot about building products and as we do like we'll be at like we were at business of software um, two weeks ago at the conference and we're sitting up there listening to um, a talk about jobs to be done that model of developing a product idea Lance and I were sitting there like and we looked at each other and we were like we have to rethink disco because it's like you know you're constantly right we know that you have to have a value proposition for everything that you have and do it has to have a reason for being that's like true to your that your audience cares about doesn't matter what you care about matters what they care about okay and we've been wondering well does disco does disco have that or is it a product that's really scratching our own itch which I just don't think is the right way to do it. And based on what we're seeing, it doesn't seem to be the right way to do it. Um, why would you build a product just to solve your need and then try to sell it to other people? Um, you could try, but hopefully you don't invest too much money in it because it might go wrong. Um, so that's kind of where we are with Disco. It's, I think it's a great um, idea and we're seeing it as, you know, the more research we do and the more people we talk to, uh, like customers we interview or prospective customers we interview or people who have been using other tools um, to find out information on their site, the more we do that, um, the more we we see that this might be a really great tool for card abandonment. So um, it might not be the best thing to put on a homepage or a landing page because it's an incentivized survey, but 
it might be a great thing to put in your cart because so much cart abandonment um, is due to people going and looking for a coupon code. But Disco serves up coupon codes as you respond to questions. So if we could have the value prop that will, you know, um, reduce your cart abandonment and actually help you learn about people who are in your cart, which are your actual customers before right. they buy, um, that could be an interesting value proposition that would set us apart and be desirable to a lot of our prospects. So yeah, that's cool. where we're at right now. Cool. Well, I mean, you know, like the landing page for uh, for trydisco.com looks looks fantastic. And um, I mean, what Thanks. what I think is really interesting about your story is, you know, you went from I mean, the job into a little of, of consulting, ebooks, productized services, you know, blogging, and now you're 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 kind of like leveling up into building software. You didn't just start with building software on day one. You know, no. um, so you've been able to kind of like leverage those, especially the, the productized service piece yeah. um, as like a bridge to, to get into to bigger and better things. Yeah. And I think, you know, they've been really good. And the Copy Hackers continues to be a very important business to me, right? Lance is really um, running with Disco. Um, but, but it's true that everything that comes through Copy Hackers does help us fund these other solutions. Um, so that we can, you know, if we're recommending that people learn about their prospects and the visitors to their site using a survey uh, and we see problems maybe with some existing survey tools that are out there, then it makes sense to build something to help people. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been able to kind of figure that out as we've gone and then we've been able to fund it, to fund this solution um, with everything we've been doing um, back at Copy Hackers. So, fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, Joanna, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been um, really, really insightful, helpful for me. I know it will be for everyone else as well. Um, of course, your site is copyhackers.com, trydisco.com as well. Where, where else can people kind of uh, reach out to you and connect? Sure. On Twitter, at copyhackers. Um, that's a good one. I think Lance has at trydisco too. Um, but again, we're still so like we're in beta and we're just not really marketing right now. I know we should be. Um, but uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, so yeah, those are two places to to get a hold of me if you have questions or whatever it might be. I'm always available by email. Um, so join at copyhackers.com too. That's good. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry that it like looks tragic in here. We really just no, no, moved no, no. in looks, like two days ago. So that's great. I mean, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time and doing it. This is awesome. Thank you. It was a great chatting with you, Brian. Okay. Thanks for tuning in today. Get all the show notes for this entire season at productizepodcast.com. And to get my free productized crash course, where I share my best strategies for launching and sustaining your productized service business, head over to productizecourse.com. All right, time to get back to working on the business. <laughs>